You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen. Man, those songs hit the nail on the head for where we're going with a message today. Thank you, Abby and team, so much. Thank you, tech team, for all your guys' hard work. And uh, um, man, you guys with me? You still there? You guys still with me? You there? Is this thing on? Just kidding. That's not as satisfying as going like this. Um, man, well, I, am, I just want to say very quickly that I am beyond excited about this next season of the mission. And uh, I hope that with all the things that are coming up, like with Grow Groups restarting, which is our small groups if you're new with us, and, and uh, the men's ministry starting, and all these different things, like I really have a sense of... of uh, of expectation that the Lord is going to do some very cool things in this next season. So I hope you guys are excited too. Um, We started a new series last week um, called Exploring the Psalms. And and, uh, this series is going to be different than a series that we've done in the past. This is going to be a reoccurring series. So we're going to do these for a few weeks, and then we're going to take a break and do something else, and then we're just going to come back to it throughout the year. And uh, it's going to be really good. I'm I'm super stoked on it. Um, The book of Psalms is unlike any other book in the Bible uh, because it's made up of poems by varying authors, mostly by King David, um, many people think that the book of Psalms is just a hymn book, right? It's just a, 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 a book of, of songs, but it's not just a hymn book. It, it, a lot of these poems were turned into songs and turned into uh, hymns for choirs to sing. Um, but the true design of the book of Psalms is this. It, it, it's, it's something far greater than just a hymn book. I grew up in a church where they had um, hymn books in the pews. Anybody with me? Anybody a pew kid? Nice, nice. So, but the book of Psalms is so much more than just a hymn book. It's, it's, uh, it's grand design. There's a grand design to the book of Psalms, and it's not easy to recognize unless you read it from beginning to end. And the book of Psalms is meant, actually, it's designed to be more like a prayer book for God's people, a prayer book. Uh, The thing I love most about the book of Psalms is that you will find every human emotion under the sun in the book of Psalms. Like, I wanted to actually call the series All the Feels, but I felt like maybe that was like inappropriate um, or just would let people in on how old I am because that's probably not a thing anymore. Um, But but the book of Psalms, like you name it, and there's, there's the, the feeling is there somewhere for sure. And there's praise and there's, there's wisdom, there's lament and there's thanksgiving, there's confession and so much more, right? And the Psalms showcase 
Every human emotion, unlike any other book in the Bible, but what the Psalms teach us as a whole, this is what the Psalms teach us. They, they show us an example of how to live with hope while living in our current circumstances and waiting on the kingdom of Jesus to come. So the Psalms teach us as a whole, the design of the Psalms is to teach us how to live with hope even in the middle of our current circumstances and we can look towards the coming kingdom of Jesus, right? So that's what the Psalms teach us. Now, my question to you is this. Have you ever gone to talk to someone, okay? Have you ever gone to talk to someone and when you did, when you spoke up, you could tell that you interrupted a conversation that they were having with themselves in their head? Anybody? Okay, right, right, right. You, you went up, you said, hey, and they looked at you like, uh, 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 and you were like, oh, I'm sorry, you were, you were talking to yourself in your head again, huh? Okay, all right. Or, or, um, or maybe there's someone in your life that talks to themselves out loud. Anybody got anybody like that in their life, right? They talk to themselves out loud. My wife does this sometimes, and... It's very confusing for me. It's very confusing. Admittedly, I can get lost in my own head, so usually how it works is when I'm not listening, she's talking to me, and when I am listening, she's talking to herself. Amen. Amen. That's right. I got you, fellas. I got you. I'm fired. I'm fired. Come on. When people talk to themselves out loud, it can be really confusing, right? Like uh, for, for all the people in the room, you know, like even the ones in their head. And, and one profound truth that the Psalms taught me personally, this was, this was literally life-changing, and this truth came out of the Psalms for me, is that sometimes it's necessary, and all, this is all joking aside, sometimes it's necessary to talk to your own soul. Sometimes it's necessary to talk to your own soul. We're going to take a look at Psalm 103 today, and the psalm is attributed to King David, as a lot of them are. He's not the only author of the psalms, but he, he did a lot of them, and, and David was a king, but he also had the soul of an artist, right? And uh, he was a poet and musician, and I don't know if you've met many musicians, but artists can tend to be a little emotional, right? And I can say that because I am one. I'm a musician, right? And I'm a, I, I get emotional sometimes, you know? Like, I can be a little dramatic sometimes. Um, the Psalms David wrote are usually full of very personal, deep emotion, Sometimes grief over his sin 
or despair from his current circumstances. David wrote psalms of praise and thanksgiving as well, but most of the time he wrote them from this deeply personal place, almost like he was writing in his his padlocked journal or something like that, right? Like this deeply personal, I know Dylan has one of those. It's got a heart lock on it. Um, I saw it when I was over at his house the other day. Um, I just made that up. Um, uh, Now, come on, people. Um, Deeply, David writes from a deeply personal place. On the surface, Psalm 103 has this theme of gratitude and thanksgiving, right? Um, But there are some clues in the psalm that might speak of David's outward circumstances being uncertain. Let's take a look. Let's dig into Psalm 103. I'm going to read it from the NIV. We're going to read it all the way through, and then we're going to break it down a little bit. Cool? Cool, cool. All right, here we go. Psalm 103, verse 1. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, So great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As far uh, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all 
his heavenly hosts, you, his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Amen. Man, Psalm 103 is one of my favorites of all time, and I I have a lot of favorite psalms. I switched psalms this week that I was going to speak about probably five times already. I chose this one this morning, so... um, so, uh, but I really felt the Lord had something to say from this psalm this morning. So I just want to just, before we go any further, I just want to just pray real quick for my own uh, clarity and benefit, Lord. I just pray that you would communicate the truth that you have for us this morning, Lord. You know, Lord, that, uh, you know, my ability to communicate is... is is limited. And so, Lord, today I trust upon you to deliver the word that uh, you have for us this morning. Speak to us through this psalm in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So, all right, let's break this down a little bit. So verses one through five are David reminding his soul of who God is. So notice the very first line before um, it goes very far. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Who's he talking to there? His soul, right? Yes, he's talking to his soul. He's talking to, um, he's talking to himself. And so we don't know whether in this circumstance there's like, turmoil going on in his life or you know we we don't we don't know exactly what's going on in his life but for whatever reason David uh David believes that his soul needs reminding I don't know about you but my soul needs reminding of who God is sometimes right and and so Psalm verses Psalm 103 verses 1 through 5 are David reminding his soul of who God is praise the Lord O my soul all my inmost being praise his holy name he's calling his soul to stand up in attention right he's calling his inmost being to attention praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Sometimes I am the hardest person on my own self. Anybody else? Sometimes I am the worst at negative talk to myself. Right, and sometimes we have to tell ourselves to knock it off. Right, sometimes we have to remind ourselves that you know what, that person you're talking to, God crowned them with love and compassion, and who and 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 God satisfies your desires with all the all good things. God provides good things to satisfy your desires and, 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 and renews your strength like eagles. In the ancient Near East, they believed the eagles were believed to have self-sustaining energy, like they could just continue 
keep on going like as they as they went they just could self-sustain in energy as long as they needed and and it renewed they were able to renew their own strength and that's what this psalm is referencing here is that your your uh good uh your youth is renewed like like the eagles right and not the man but um but like you know the bird and um the big bird not the big bird but you know okay sorry <laughs> Oh, man. You guys are fun. I love it. So let's move on. Verse uh, 6 through 14. So David uh, has already called his soul to attention. He, he, he's like, hey, you, like, come to attention and, and remember who God is, right? And, and so verses 6 through 14 are David reminding his soul of how and all the things that he's seen God do and how God works, right? How many times um, have we seen God work in our life, but when we're in turmoil, like we've seen God do powerful, miraculous things in our own life, and then when we're in turmoil, all that seems very distant. Anybody? Yeah. So he's reminding, David is reminding his soul of how he has seen God work. Verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made uh, known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to his iniquities. Because that's the temptation when we have sinned greatly is that we need to earn forgiveness, right? Because that's the way in the world it works a lot of times. But God is different. Forgiveness is granted by our confession and just by asking for it. As far, I mean, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children. The Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Now that word fear, don't get too hung up on that word fear because I remember Ricardo actually bringing a word one time and, and he, he talked about that word fear and how most of the time in the Bible it's translated to uh, like rever reverence or like awe, like wondrous awe, is that right? Am I getting that right? Good, because I was... Oh, Grand Canyon, like, you're, yeah, I remember you talking about that. So you, were, you said it's like standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon, and you would feel a little afraid, but also like, 
whoa, you know, like that's what the fear means of the Bible. Like, like we're standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and that, that feeling in your tummy, like, oh man, whoa, I am really high right now. Not that kind of high. Um, <laughs> I've had a lot of caffeine this morning, guys, sorry. Um, <laughs> For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust, right? Verse 14 through 19 uh, reminds us, uh, David reminds his own soul that life is short. 14 through 19, David reminds his soul that life is short and don't dwell in a past that God has already forgiven. Life is short. We cannot continue to live in in a past that God has already forgiven, right? There's no purpose to it. We can learn from it, but we can't dwell there. We can't dwell because if, uh, if God has forgiven you, It's as far away from you as the east is from the west. So 14 through 19 say this, For he knows how you were formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. He's reminding himself, like, life is short. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, The Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all, even your past His kingdom rules over all, right? There's no purpose. Life is short. There's no purpose in dwelling and living in a past that you've already confessed and has been forgiven, right? Verse 20 20 through 22 concludes with a call to praise the Lord for, for who he is and for what he's done This call is for everyone, and he even calls out the angels in heaven, right? Like, he he calls out the angels, but, but but the very last being he calls out is his own soul, right? His own soul. Verse 20, praise the Lord, you his angels. You mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word, praise the Lord, all his heavenly host, you his servants, who do his will, praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion, praise the Lord, my soul. And that's where Psalm 103 Concludes, but Psalm 103 isn't the only place where people talk to themselves in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. 
So all you people who talk to yourself, you should feel real good about the book of Psalms because this is like your book, right? Um, uh, but he encouraged, like we are encouraged throughout the book of Psalms to call out our own soul in truth, right? And so uh, Psalm 103 isn't the only place. Possibly one of my favorite Psalms of, in the whole Bible. I know I said that earlier, but this one's my favorite too. Like Psalm 42 um, verse 5 uh, says, why, are you, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 43, that stanza right there, that's in verse 5, that happens. Um, Psalm uh, 42, rather, 43 is its counterpart. 42 and 43 are actually one complete thought, if you didn't know. That's just a little bit of Bible nerd information for you. Um, But that stanza right there, why are you downcast, O my soul, happens repeatedly throughout those two psalms. And this psalm was written by the sons of Korah. And I know you guys all know who they are, so I I probably won't even... No? Okay. Um... (laughs) The psalm was written by the sons of Korah, and and Korah was a a guy who took part in a rebellion against God in the time of Moses and Aaron, right? And and the book of Numbers tells us all about it, and and that during this insurrection against the Lord, the earth opened up and swallowed all the rebels, including Korah. But, but, Korah's sons were spared, right? So the sons of Korah, right? And, and Korah's family were, um, were of the Levite tribe, and they were the ones who assisted the priests in worship at the temple. And after the death of Korah, some of his family became temple gatekeepers and guards, and other parts of his family became singers and musicians of the temple choir founded under David, right? And and so when they say, why are you downcast, O my soul? Literally, they are most likely reminding themselves of the forgiveness of God that spared the rest of their family aside from their father, right? They are reminding themselves what they have to be grateful for, what they could praise the Lord for. Something I notice in my own life and I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but something in my own life that I notice is whenever I lay my head down to go to sleep, uh, that's usually when the enemy re- reminds me very loudly of every rotten thing I've ever done and, and, like, and every shameful thing that I've, I've done in my life. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but lots of times the enemy's voice speaks very loudly when I'm trying to go to sleep. And, you know, uh, sometimes the voice of the enemy can get really convincing. Anybody ever been convinced of, of, of like, a lie by the enemy, right? Like, uh, I, I begin to feel grief and sorrow over these sins, even if I've already asked forgiveness of God, right? Here's the thing. The enemy may full well remember all my past sins, but this psalm says that when I ask for forgiveness of God, 
They are, my sins are as far as the east is from the west. So far has he removed your transgressions from us. This means that when God forgives, the slate is wiped clean. Hebrews 8.12 says this uh, about the new covenant with God that Jesus made possible. This is Hebrews 8.12. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So as the band comes back, how will you respond to this psalm? How will you respond to this truth? How will you respond the next time when your soul is feeling heavy and the cares of of the world are upon you and, and you're beginning to feel hopeless and maybe the enemy is trying you, trying to convince you of your, uh, that your past sins aren't forgiven and that you need to earn forgiveness. How will you respond? Because I don't want you to let the enemy shame you for the past that has been forgiven. Don't let your soul wallow in shame over sins that God has forgiven and remembers no more. In those moments, you have to remind your own soul of who God is, what he has done, that life is too short to dwell in the past that has already been forgiven. Because when God forgives you, he forgives once and for all. But our souls will need reminding from time to time. Talk to your soul and call upon it to praise the Lord. Call attention. Call uh, call your soul to attention. And I guarantee that the Lord will meet you in that moment and renew your strength and bring your soul peace. So I don't know where you're at right now. Maybe, maybe this message of hanging on to past sins that have already been forgiven strikes a chord with you. Maybe there is sin in your life that the Lord is bringing to mind right now that you haven't asked for forgiveness for. I don't know where you're at, but if that's the case, I call you. I plead with you. Confess before the Lord and ask his forgiveness. Don't live in shame. Learn from it, but don't live in it. Let's bow our heads and go to prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. Lord, that even when I talk myself in circles about which psalm to teach, 
Lord, that you intervene and you bring forward your words, Lord. I thank you for that, God. And so I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room because this is family. For some of us, this is the, this is the only positive example of family that we've had in our life. Lord, allow us to be vulnerable with you and with each other, Lord. Let us deepen these relationships, Lord. And most of all, God, when you bring sin to our attention, Lord, Lord, may we not dwell in it, but Lord, may we ask for forgiveness, Lord. Lord, we know that you're compassionate and abounding in love. And so when those times when we forget who you are and what you've done or maybe just our current circumstances are overwhelming us, Lord, Lord, let us not be afraid to call our souls to attention and remind ourselves of who you are, what you've done. Lord, may we confess our sins to you and be forgiven, and may we not live in it any longer. For you are truly worthy of our praise. You are truly worthy of all glory and adoration. We love you, God. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray in all God's people said, amen, amen. If you want to pray about anything today, come find me or, or someone on the lead team after service. We would love to pray with you. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.